Got Greg Kirkham in the office for the podcast today. So glad to have you here, man. It's good. Glad to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah, you've got a pretty sweet setup, and thanks for the hoodie. Yeah, <laughs> well, you appreciate make, it. You make it look good, bro. Ah, like, I didn't you. contribute much there. You just look good. <laughs> you actually it, walked man. in the house looking good. Dude, so just a little backstory. This is kind of entertaining. So Greg, Greg worked at a company called Solar Wholesale. They brought him in to be a president to figure out how to make this place, like, hum and, and, and be everything it's supposed to be. And so that's how Greg and I met yeah. and uh, kind of created a relationship and... Well, I tell you what, you you kind of blew me away when you told me uh, kind of your backstory, what you've been doing, where you came from and stuff. Like you used to work at <laughs> Harmon Brothers. Actually, you probably yes, still sir. do work with Harmon Brothers, right? Um, Not anymore. I've actually, uh, I've stepped away and I'm working on my own stuff now, man. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Like what did you do with the Harmon Brothers? Because you, you had an influence there. Yeah, I was the VP over analytics. So I ran all of their data analytics. Um, so like targeting segments, tar- and, you know, the people that actually would be interested in their videos. And then also testing out like uh, the messaging and whatnot to see if it resonates with people. Yeah, and if you think yeah. about it, like Harmon Brothers did the purple mattress. Yep. Squatty potty. Squatty potty. The unicorn poops. Yep. They've had a couple. What's, what's the name of the deodorant one they did? Because that one was pretty good. Lumi. 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 Yeah. Probably one of my favorites, actually. One of your favorites? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like, my daughter loves that one. That's kind of how I found out about that one. <laughs> yeah. You know you were rocking out to that music, though. <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. What was that? What was the Mr. Fix at that tape? Like, t- tape strong as steel. Oh, yeah. Well, they rolled down the, they rolled the car down the mountain. Yeah. Pieced it together with the, with the tape. Yeah. And did that. It's insane, man. That was actually it's crazy. Kind of a trip, man. Yeah. They really do. Uh, they did all of that. Yeah. Um, none of it's CGI or anything like that. None of it's like. Were you there doctored. when they did that? No. I wish. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I, there's nothing better than, well, in my opinion, there would be nothing better than seeing a car roll down the mountain safely. Oh, yeah. Safely. Safely, and then see what really. I mean, their tape obviously must have worked. There's no CGI in it. Oh yeah, fantastic! It was crazy. Yeah, it's fantastic. Did that. So now, now what you're doing? So you like uh, Adweek reached out to you. They're like, hey, we we know who you are. You've got a presence. We love you. Come over here and be a co-host with us. We got six million. We got six million viewers. That's on our channel. And yep. we love your backstory. We love what you're doing. So they, they took and they invited you on the board, right? Yeah. So I uh, so I was a marketing consultant, marketing yeah. operations consultant for 15 years. And so I, I was able to network with a lot of people in the marketing industry. Uh, a lot of different businesses built up a reputation, right? And I own Wells Digital Media, who they originally contacted okay. to try to get in touch with me because I'm... I don't know. Apparently I'm off the grid a little bit. <laughs> Didn't realize this, but, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, contacted me to host their marketing and beyond segment. Okay. Um, so it's got a distribution of 6 million people. So yeah, that's big. Here I am doing here the rounds. Heck <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to get a lot of camera time. Yes, sir. So you didn't start off this way. Like there's a lot of really good things that are happening. You got, you, you got a tremendous background. We got to go through it, but yeah. like, when I was sitting with you just the other day, we were talking about your backstory. Okay. Like you, you kind of blew me away. I did not realize, I mean, this, this podcast is rags and riches, you know, not everybody comes from rags, but you did. I did literally like literally you, take, yeah. take it, share some of that backstory. Because as you were describing it to me, I was like, are you kidding me? 
Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up, uh, well, I should say in my teens, I moved into a one bedroom sheep shack. One bedroom sheep shack. With myself and some parents and a couple of parents, you know, yeah. my parents, I guess I should say. And like, I remember waking up in the morning with mice literally laying down on my chest, trying to warm up. <laughs> or in the middle of the night, you know, hearing the, the mouse trap go off. Oh my God. And no, shoot, there's something in there. You got food. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mid-morning snack is what that is, right? No, I think what really got me was when like we t- would turn on the oven. Yeah. And suddenly you get the smell of flesh. Yeah. Of mouse burning inside of oh, the oven. Oh, snap. Yeah. Because yeah. they're crawling around. They're trying to find something warm too. Something warm. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I lived there and then I moved out pretty early. And started my own business, my own but marketing. It was at the age of fourteen, is that what you said? Or yeah, I was I was fourteen when, when I originally out. yeah when I moved out. Yeah, Dude, you're like Tony Robbins, man. Actually, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if he was fourteen or seventeen. You probably I think he was seventeen, so you were probably okay. So you're fourteen. Yeah, I was fourteen. Tony Robbins is way better than me, though. I mean his 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 story's nuts. Story is insane. But yeah, but fourteen, you move out, you're on your own, you're responsible to take care of Greg. Yep. So how did how did Greg take care of Greg? I finished high school, started a marketing business actually though, um, where we were passing out flyers and building websites and doing paid ads for businesses. And At the age of 14? Yeah. And Are somehow, yeah, dead serious. I, yeah. I'm not even 14 and I still struggle with paid ads. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. I had an awesome mentor and okay. that really showed me the ropes and, and helped me get there. Um, and for some reason, some of these businesses really trusted me for, for some reason, I have no clue why as a 14 year old, really like 14 year old, would you trust a 14 year old with, uh, thousands of dollars? Um, yeah, <laughs> apparently I do, <laughs> but I mean, I think yeah. twice about giving them my ad budget. Cause I've, I've yep. run ads and I've blown 10,000 bucks and got nothing out of it yep. a few times. So I was able to really dial in on that and be able to start showing some results and, so they started trusting me more and more and throwing more and more money at me. So, so. At the, how, like at the age of 14, out of curiosity, how, how much money did you actually end up managing in an ad portfolio? Just oh. out of curiosity. At, well, 14, it was a little lower. Um, I think I was managing right around 150000 At the age of 14, you're managing 150000 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a few years ago. That's before inflation made 140 or 50000 seem a little smaller because that yeah. was... That was a lot more back then. Yep. Yeah, and by the time I was 21, I was managing right around 3.5 million a 3. month. 3.5 million of ad spend a month. Yeah. Dude, that's sick. It was pretty Dude, that's sweet. Le- that's legit. <laughs> you got like that's legit. Hey, it was it was amazing. Um I was really honestly really blessed, right? Oh, clearly. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm actually like how did you find like how did you find a mentor at the age of 14? It could literally start guiding you because that's a that's a tender age to start figuring out how to do that. Yeah, I I actually just started begging. You did? Uh, yeah, like showing up at some marketing agencies' doorsteps, literally, literally, literally showing up at their doorsteps. And finally, I showed up every day at my mentor's door. Yeah, asking him, "Can you show me some yeah. stuff?" Yeah. Right? And eventually he finally, like at the beginning, he was very just like, no, I'm not going to show you. Like, you're too young. Come back after high school. I'll show you after high school. Maybe, maybe I'll give you a job. But I kept on showing up. I kept on saying, just show me one or two things. I've got to go to school. Yeah. 
And so I would go in, he'd show me a couple things. Yeah. And then finally he, he started bringing me in and I changed up the schedule. So I was going to school, um, from like 3 PM to 6 PM. So three hours a day. Oh, okay. And working full time during the day. Okay. Just trying to build up this business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's kind of crazy because I mean, basically you were just trying to do some sort of night school just to get out of high school. So yeah. You were not in a traditional like high school classroom setting. Not at all. No, yeah, it was uh, three to six is the name of the program. Three to right? six. It was, a, or at least that was the nickname, right? Three to, yeah. Yeah. So um, because I had moved out so early, I basically went to the, the school district and let them know the situation. Yeah. And they said, okay, like, let's put you in this program. Let's get you set up and then let's get you on track to be able to graduate still. Wow. So, yeah. Dude, that's actually pretty cool. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, I was. I, I was definitely fortunate. That's for sure. You, you turned you turned a lemon, bro, into some lemonade because I can like at the age of fourteen trying to figure it out. Like that would have been that would have been tough. <laughs> kind of remind me of Sylvester Stallone a little bit. His first his first movie he killed it was Rocky, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Tony Robbins was like, dude, how many times did you go pedal that show? And he's like, like thirty five hundred times. And, and Tony Robbins is like, he's like, there's not thirty five hundred producers. He's like, I know, I just kept going back. Yep. Got to keep on going. He said yes, and, and like, how many times do you think you went and knocked on the door trying to say, "Help me, like, like show me some marketing." <laughs> oh man, probably at least at least a hundred times. At least a hundred times. At least a hundred times. Yeah, and he told me don't. He turned me down the majority of it. Kept pulled me in to show me one or two things. Like, okay, this is the platform. Yeah, this is what I do. These are my ad sets. Yeah. This is how I position it. Yeah, right. And then from there. He started showing me a little bit, a little bit on how he actually buys and, and his strategy at the time, right? Yeah. I mean, strategies have changed so much since, but those core fundamentals are still the same. Still the same fundamentals. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So 21, you're, you're managing, you said 3 point something million? 3.5, yeah. 3.5 yeah. million at the age of 21. What mm -hmm. point did you actually go create your own ad agency? <laughs> yeah, so... At, with my own ad agency, I wasn't, it wasn't until I was actually older because I walked away from it all for you a while. Did? Okay. Yeah. Like so you got to explain that because that's, you're managing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a time when I actually, so I went into the military. I was in the Navy. Okay. And I walked away from it all because I felt like that was my purpose. Being right. The Navy. That's, that's a great purpose okay. for, for most people. And I felt like that was my purpose. And so I went in, I dropped everything and I went for that. Wow. And then after that, I, I decided, okay, it's, it's time to come back. Okay. Yeah. So I, I started an agency. I, I started from scratch when I came back from that. And you literally just started figuring it out and building it and creating yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. Started software development company, went from there, ended up actually scaling that. So that one went global. How big did that one get then? That one, I think right now they're valued right around a hundred million. So you you started yeah. a deal that became a hundred million. Yep. So you must have sold that at some point along the way. I'm still I'm still on board. You're still on board. Yeah, I'm still Is on that, board. I'm just not active with it. You're just yeah. not an active, but you're still an owner. Yeah. Snap, yeah. dude. A very very minor share. <laughs> 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 yeah, I ended up selling a lot of that and getting into some other stuff and okay and investing into those. Yeah, that's so. quite the journey you had there. Yeah. Okay, so the software one, 
Okay, and then what? Um, from there, I ended up starting a uh, solar bracket manufacturing company. Because I saw, you know, there was a major demand. There still is a major demand for solar. Yes, big time. Well, what, what do you need on every single solar installation? Dude, something's got to hold those panels. Something's got to hold those panels. Yeah, you have to. There's no and, way around it. And the majority of the panel, uh, the brackets, were complete crap. Yes. Right? They weren't rated for certain areas, like in Florida. Yes. And so we made one, myself and a business partner. <laughs> we made one that was rated for, for those 200-mile-per-hour winds. The roof would come off before the, the bracket would. bracket would? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I, I knew you were involved in Predator. Okay, so then you took, you figured that out, started manufacturing brackets and stuff. Like what? What became yeah. of that company? Ooh, <laughs> that one faced a little bit of a scandal. Did it? Yeah, I can't really talk about that too much. But we ended up uh, licensing the bracket itself over to a major solar company, and then we kind of just dissolved the rest of the company. Dissolved the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So it's great. It works. But so you made a killer yeah. product, but then it kind of went it went somewhere. All right. Yeah, yeah, still get a minor paycheck from it though. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So you got you got these little revenue streams hanging out there, all <laughs> kinds of places. That's the only way to do it, right? I know, right? You've got to have at least at least two to five, if not more. If not more, if you can help it. Yeah, right. You need to you need to be able to find those revenue streams. You've already gone through and created some pretty big companies because Predator, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, actually got to be a decent sized company. Yeah, yeah, that one was right around 120. Right around 120 million. Yeah. So that's that's pretty decent. You've now you've now been at the creation of two companies that at least got into the hundred million apiece. That's right. Working on the third. Working right? on the third. <laughs> and so yeah. how did so along this journey, how did you actually end up winding up with the Harmon brothers? Yeah, it's actually through my wife. Okay. So she's a creative director over there. Okay. So I was put in contact with them, so they were aware of me. Yes. But I was also working with one of their their clients. Okay. So I was helping to scale up another business that they were helping, and they kind of decided to start interacting with me after I after I left. They actually reapproached me okay. and asked, "Would you would you do this?" So yeah, jumped on board. So then, like for them. What was your primary responsibility? Just out of for, curiosity. For for the Harmon brothers. Um, analytics. So compiling data. So in my approach with marketing, yeah, it's very data oriented. So behavioral analysis. Yes. Finding out what drives people to actually purchase. Right? Like <laughs> I, I call it the spray and pray approach where yeah. people put out ads without a clear understanding of, of who they're targeting. Yeah. Or why that person is even going to be purchasing, right? Oh, yeah. Very common. It's, I mean, it's waste of ad spend, but it's very common. <laughs> like, you know that because I've already wasted mine. <laughs> yeah. Where, where if you dial in on the, the data on the actual analysis yeah. and you find out what drives your specific consumer to purchase, what motivates them and how they purchase, right? Like, are they, are they going to be purchasing on a monthly basis, yearly basis? What kind of cash flow do they typically look at? Yeah. Then you can dial in on that and really be more effective. Yeah. Because you're you're going to be able to target them when they're when they're ready. I always think of it as as a proposal, right? Okay. <laughs> this might be a ridiculous. You, you gotta use that analogy <laughs> because like everybody listening to this podcast mm -hmm. wants yeah. to know how to get their ads in front of the person at exactly the right time in a manner in a manner in which they're willing to say yes. Oh yeah. Because I wanna know that. 
So yeah. You, yeah, let's 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 drop some Douglas, bro, because like everybody wants to know that. <laughs> well, you've got to start off strong, right? Like yeah. in the very beginning, you're just making these people aware mm-hmm. of your brand. Okay, they have no clue who you are. If you're per- pushing to the purchase right off the bat, it's like, okay, uh, why would I give you my money? I don't even know you yet. Okay. Right. So you kind of need to nuzzle up to them a little bit and get them to know you, get them to become familiar with your ads. Okay. And if they don't purchase off of that, right, because some people will, you've got to have a strong middle of funnel. And what I mean by middle of funnel is making them more aware of you. Okay. Showing them, hey, this is our product. This is the backstory of the company potentially is one of the options. Yeah. Right. And then bring them over to the website. Right. If they go over to the website, then they've already committed. Okay. They've made some sort of commitment, even if it's yeah. a soft commitment, like a, a kiss on a first date, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. It's like they're going over to the website and they're checking you out. You've got to know where they're checking. And so for me personally, I always have like a, what's called a heat map to see exactly where they're looking. As, a, as far as they're scrolling down the page, trying to find out where they're pausing, what they're looking at. So you can say, yeah. okay. This is strong. This is weak because they just blew past it type stuff. Yep. Yeah, Okay. exactly. And think of it like if you knew, say when you were dating your wife, right? If you knew exactly what she was thinking or at least, you know, what was most important to her, you might be able to focus a little bit more on that, right? Right. It's the same with this. You're heat mapping. You're showing. They're showing you exactly where they're interested. Just modify it a little bit, right? So you're changing, like you're changing copy, images. What Like when you say modify, what are you kind of referring to? Yeah, I mean, it could even be like, say they're only scrolling down halfway down the page. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. You know that you probably need a purchase button right up at the top or before that middle. Because okay. they've already lost interest by the time they're, they're uh, so we're, halfway. We're, 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 we're playing them out way too long. Give them, a, give them a chance to buy or do something. Take action. Yeah. Yep. Before they start cooling off. Give them a chance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Court them a little. Right. They've already made the commitment to go over to the website or go over. Now it's your job to keep them engaged. Keep them going. And, you know, ultimately get to that, uh, get to that marriage, right? That, that relationship where they're finally making that purchase. They're buying into you or your product Okay. at that point, just as you would in a relationship. That's, that's actually kind of fascinating trying to figure out how, how you're doing that. Cause I think one time you told me like, you're constantly tweaking headlines, messaging, you're, you're, you're testing everything over and over and over again, finally Trying to figure out what finally resonates yeah. before you start really trying to, to scale anything out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you've got to nail it down, right? You've got to nail it. I, I mean, this is really commonly used, but nail it and then scale it. Yes. Otherwise, you're just throwing money away, right? Yeah. But if you nail down exactly what the customer or the consumer really wants yeah. first and what's resonating with the consumer, then you're able to actually put the money behind it and show. The one thing that I can say to do though is only test one variable at a time what i mean by that is like don't change the imagery and the copy and everything else the buying button or anything like that all at once because you don't know what the change is right you don't know know variable whereas if you change or you tweak along the way then you're able to to pivot quickly so that's probably one of the best pieces of advice that i can I can say you're like one of the things that you, you had to have been really close to this. I remember listening to Russell Brunson one time and, and I know you're good friends with Russell. Yeah. One, one time Russell Brunson, he was talking about Harmon brothers. He's like, he goes, he goes, I'm telling you, this is what they do. He goes, they'll create a headline that goes nowhere. Yep. They just want to see, are you willing to click on or have a conversation with it? 
And yeah. they'll just $500 an hour, $500 an hour until they figure out what somebody's willing to say. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you want to test the interest. Yeah. At this point, you're not even trying to, to push the purchase yet. Yep. You're just trying to see what, what tests well. Yeah. Because um, there's also segmented variable testing, right? Yeah. This is something that I do that some a lot of other people don't necessarily do where I'll do, say, a dead end. Now, this the marketing side, I'll... I'll Say this is done by my good friend Brett. Okay. Brett Crockett, amazing marketer, absolutely incredible guy, and he he runs the marketing side okay. of Arma Brothers. He's incredible. But they'll do multiple variants and multiple tests to these dead end um, landing pages, where basically it just goes nowhere because they're <laughs> testing along the way and quantifying that data to be able to see like is this resonating and what one is is it landing on? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Love I just it. want to know, are you going to have a conversation with me or not? Because until yeah. you're willing to talk, there's no point in building nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I found that, exactly, I found yeah. that amusing. I had a, one of my friends. Actually, I wonder if he wasn't following Harmon Brothers' methodology because he goes and he creates a Facebook page. It's a crap page. Yeah. And literally, he tests all of his crap on that page. And he knows that he's going to get bad reviews because he creates these messages, sends it over to this thing, and somebody's like clicking, 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 trying to click the button. It goes mm -hmm. nowhere. And he's like, yeah, I know we created a bad experience. I just want to know if you want to talk. Oh. Now that you're having a conversation with me, now I know that this is actually worthwhile. But he's probably looking for the same thing you, I believe you're describing is not, is not just, you're looking for outliers like these like, Boom, spike, high demand, like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Somebody got, you got their attention finally. I'm pushing for the interest. You're I can remarket to them after, yeah. you know, as a uh, website visitor. Okay. I can remarket to them. I would rather create the best possible experience for them Yeah. at that point to be able to reapproach. Yeah. Hands down, any day. Kind of crazy marketing, huh? Yeah. What I do is on the back end, I quantify all that data. Okay. So basically quantifying what, you know, what's resonating with people, what's not, what kind of behavior patterns I'm looking for for that specific product. Even am I targeting the male, female, what age demographic, even median income, right? So you get a very, very defined avatar. People, oh, like yeah. people yeah. talk about having defined avatar. And I probably think I have an avatar, but you probably know that you actually have an avatar and you're trying to talk to a single person. Oh yeah. And that what you're, I mean, that's what you're really saying, right? That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. So I build out personas, right? The avatar Yeah. where I know exactly where it's going to be, okay. who I'm, who I'm specifically targeting yeah. so that from there content can be created around it. Mm -hmm. If I'm targeting a 45 year old man with an income level of 85 to a hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm not going to throw out you know, not typically at least roses and, you know, all these, all these things that won't necessarily appeal. <laughs> right. We're, so, work on mother's day, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cause it's a waste of ad spend at that point. And I'm not actually serving the end customer, the end consumer, that, that avatar. I'm not serving him either because I'm not putting the ads in front of him that will help improve his life or give him the product that will, would be beneficial for him. Yeah. Right? Like, I wish I could tell you I was a rock star right there. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Just go ahead and admit it. But I think it's fascinating that, that you did it because, like, because you have a marketing agency now and you've already got, how many clients you got? I've got 157 clients. 157 yeah. clients. And what you're really doing, like, I mean, 157 clients. So every one of these guys probably has a different avatar. So how are you, yeah. like, what are you doing with each client, like, to help each one of these guys figure out their avatar so they can start scaling and dialing in? Like who they're selling to. Yeah. I, 
I think it's important to say like in the very beginning, we do a, a rapid fire testing is what I call it, mm-hmm. where we test it first okay. before jumping in, before taking tens of thousands of dollars in ad spend from these, from these people. I'm first starting with, let's do 2000 in ad spend. You know, you pay my agency fee. You, you've got a dedicated account manager now, and we're going to give you active updates. Let's test this out though. Let's build this out before we ask you to invest in all this other stuff. Because by the end, if I were to say, well, let's say I jump into a full-fledged Facebook marketing, Google marketing campaign, Uh but I've got the wrong persona. Who do you think that responsibility falls on if I start off targeting the wrong people? I want to tell you what, man. Like the marketing ad agency should probably know that. Yeah. Because I already know I don't have that expertise. Right. And most agencies would say, well, that's the, the responsibility of the customer. Or of the uh, client, I should say. You know, right. and I could actually, I could do that because like, who are you trying to sell to? Who'd you build the product for? Yeah. And so I, I could get that. But I also understand that most of us are probably confused mm-hmm. about who we're actually trying to market to. That's we need exactly some mentorship that. to get in the right ballpark. Yeah. Well, and most people think that they know marketing. Right. <laughs> no, by no that. fault of their own. Like they, they genuinely believe that they do. Yeah. But they don't know the quantification. They don't really know the back end. Yeah. As well as they probably should, uh, before throwing a lot of money into it. Yeah. And that's no fault on, on their part, right? Yeah. Because we've always been told, Oh, you know, you can target really well on Facebook or on, on Google or whatever. You can target really well. Just put in you know, put in a hundred bucks a day or something. You'll, you'll pick up some people. There's some truth to that, but not if you're targeting the wrong people. Right. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Maybe put it in perspective, like, because you were the VP at Harmon Brothers doing this, right? Because Harmon Brothers, that's, that is not a small fish. That's a big fish. They're incredible. And they, they had a major program in back of them before, too. But yeah, yeah. we um, just not on the heavy, heavy side. The heavy side. Yeah, like they've they've got amazing people over there. But yeah, what do you think? Like, is that a hundred million dollar company? Or like, I know Harmon Brothers have got to be pretty significant. They're huge. Yeah, I'm not sure on the financials, it's but I respect them. Yeah. yeah, it's hard not to respect them considering they make some of the best ads in the marketplace. Oh yeah, and yeah. Well, and their messaging. I mean, they they do so much research, but then the creative minds over there are just crazy huh? absolutely insane in the best possible way of course right like <laughs> they just they've got a unique perspective on everything nothing but kudos for them man holy cow you got a crazy background like taking two companies up to 100 million <laughs> then being the vp of analytics at Harmon brothers having your own ad agency okay then you have ad week like you didn't find ad week ad week found you yeah they found me and they're like hey wait a minute because like right here right now you're, you're like in the middle of a biography to yeah. start creating a biography and it just really kind of show your backstory. Cause there, there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they picked up an author and everything. They're having an author write a book about me. We're at, we're meeting up after this. So right after this, it's, it's already yeah. going. Yeah. I, I'll tell you though, I've never been so uncomfortable in my life. Like <laughs> <laughs> not many people want a book written at, written about them. Right. But sure. Cause they're going to yeah. dig into you, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the dirt, <laughs> all the dirt, get it out yeah. there. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Like sheep shack to, to creating multi hundred million dollar companies. I mean, that's, that's legit, dude. It, it's, it's like, 
I don't even, actually, I'm even kind of confused how you've done it multiple times, actually, <laughs> because it's not just once. Patterning. It's right? just patterning. Yeah, finding just kind of what I was talking about earlier, too, where you find, uh, uh, just before we are on, where you find a pattern that works, and either you find a way or you make a way. Find a way or make a way, yeah. For me, I found a way and I made a way. But you had to, right? Yeah, working with some incredible people, but then also developing some of my own patterns, some of my own paths through mentorship and also through dissecting other people's methodologies, right? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say, actually? I mean, I'm glad you said that. What What do you think contributed most to figuring this stuff out? Was it mentorship or like some people like just... I, I have one friend who doesn't like anybody's input and he just tries 10,000 things and tries to figure out what's right. And and like, and he crushes it. He hits... He, he, he scaled his business up to a hundred million. Yeah. But at the same time, like not everybody, I don't know. To me, it seems like the pattern that makes the most sense is figure out, like find some of the models you can model that that's successful. Yeah. So you can compress decades down to days. Absolutely. That's yeah. That's kind of the way you lean. Yeah. I, I definitely lean more that way. Like I personally prefer mentorship. And the reason being is I can take their experience without me having to, to go through all of it first. Right. Sure. And then I can take what I want and leave what I don't. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then model those behaviors and even create some of my own to be able to get there. Rather than trying to experiment in 10,000 different ways. No no offense to your friend, right? No yeah. offense to, to your friend at all. But rather than going through those 10,000 things, I can go through 100, right? Things that already yeah, work. I, I agree with you on that. That's why I yeah. like the mentorship route. Oh, yeah. It's too, awesome. it's too painful. Like, yeah, he's got pig-headed determinists. I, I would give him credit because yeah. in the sense that, dude, he followed Russell Brunson. He came out of the Russell Brunson camp. He's got 17 two-comma club awards. He's got the most com- two-comma club awards out of anybody inside ClickFunnels. Oh, man. And then in a single year, he got three 10Xs. But, so he came out of that camp. But I think what, what he was really saying to me is that I wouldn't say that he didn't grab mentorship. I would say that what... Like too many people wanted to be a coach, mm, but didn't yeah. know how to be a coach, and then they started clouding his mind with their with their ideas that don't work. Yeah. Finally, he's like, "Dude, like I know enough. I'm just I'm just gonna go try some of my own stuff." This guy sounds like a freaking genius. Uh, you might need to introduce me. Yeah, uh, he's probably <laughs> I don't know. Jason Harward. This guy's a nice. total rock star. In fact, oh, his so cool. His uncle, boy, I gotta connect you with his uncle. His so Matt Harward is his uncle. He's coming on here. Oh, they wow. have they have taken companies multiple multiple times, scaled them up to seven and eight figure companies. Wow! And so right now he's uh, out there in South Korea, and uh, he's like, man, he goes, Mike. As soon as I get back from South Korea, because like dude, he's in the pursuit of the good life. He's vacationing all over all the time. Oh, he's like, when I get back, he says we'll sit down and do it. But yeah, he's. Ooh, I think we might have you a. Uh, Somebody to put on your uh, show. Sweet. Because yeah, yeah. that guy, dude, he's like you. He loved, He loves the data. Data, data, data. And he figures it out. And as soon as he understands it, he starts, okay, this is how we apply the data. This is how we scale it up. This is how we get our messaging in the right place. And Sweet. done it over and over again. Yes, we'll introduce you to that guy. You'll love the guy. Sweet. Yeah. So we got the book, the agency. What, what, like, what is it that you like about agency work? Because one of the things that you told me, like, I mean, you mentioned here just a second ago, put $2,000 towards figuring out, like, some of the fundamentals of the business. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the things that you said is, do you, don't, do you work on, like, a performance base? Is that how you take and you operate? Yep. 
Yeah, so I've got the retainer, right? But yeah. I personally prefer the performance base. Yeah. Like, how it's, does that work? Like, when you take and set it up inside an ad agency, how does your performance-based re- uh, system work? Yeah, so we get we get everything set up, right? We get all the creative and everything. So there's uh, there's that. Like we make sure that we dial in the creative. We understand everything first. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is the client runs the ad, or I should say gives us the ad spend, yeah. right? We position it, and then we just take a cut. We take a, a set fee. A set fee? So whether it's $10, $20 per lead, whatever it might be. Oh, per lead? Yeah. That it generates? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. like we don't bring nothing in. We're not going to really take anything is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So if you don't know your job, this is going to be a this is going to be a hard model. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the best way to do it, though. Especially if you're confident in your service, right? <laughs> if you're not confident, if you're brand new, just starting out, performance base can be uh, lean. Very expensive <laughs> for the experience. Oh yeah, on both parts, right? Because uh, from an agency perspective, you're also bringing in creatives. You're bringing in. Um, graphic designers, you're bringing in people that are going to design everything out. By the end, if you're not bringing in those leads or if you're not bringing in those cells, you're out. Oh, yeah. You're not making anything. Yeah, that's for dang sure. Yep. Like, as you described that model, I I really haven't bumped into a lot of people in the marketing world that love that model. I see Alex Hermosi, and he puts out ads all the time. He's like, he he advertises, he goes up straight up, he goes, we we go off performance. And I know why he does it. Because and, and, and as I as I learned his mentality, like the the reality is is if he knows how to deliver and perform so that you win, we win, mm-hmm. he makes more money collectively based on that that, that performance based system. But yeah. it reduces the risk on the owner of the asset also, right? Yeah. Because if you don't yeah. perform, then I like I'm not getting bent over. Yep. Yeah, whereas if you you know, if you do really well, the agency makes money. Yeah. They make quite a bit of money. Yeah. But it's fair. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, it's a really low barrier to entry, too. Yeah, I mean, the, the client covers maybe, depending on the client, right? Sometimes they'll cover the cost of the creative and, and whatnot. But a lot of the time, all they're covering is the ad spend. Just That's the it. Ad spend. And then the back end, the performance. So the people that come to you, like, I mean, you, you obviously, you've got to vet out a lot of companies that don't make sense because it's like, dude, that model will never work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. coming from a from a CEO and a guy that's created $100 million companies, that's like, that's an endorsement. Dude, you actually have something. This one's real. We could scale this one. Absolutely. Okay, now let's get in the game. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Well, and sometimes genuinely it makes more sense for the company yeah. to go more the retainer route. Sometimes, yeah. depending on the on the business, of sure. course, right? It makes more sense for them, makes more sense for us, depending on the, on the company itself. Mm-hmm. But I personally prefer that performance because then I, I have something to prove yeah. at that point. Absolutely. But I'm getting rewarded for that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely some recognition like achievement and then and then actually getting compensated for doing it. Oh, yeah. And it's addicting too. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like coming in. You know, all that you're doing is bringing in leads. Yeah. And making sure that you're refining and tweaking some of the creative and testing and whatnot. But there's nothing more uh, rewarding yeah. than bringing in a crap ton of leads and getting compensated for it because you did your job. It did, right? Yeah. Because, like, if a company's built right, they should have enough margin. Like, I, I joke with people, like, um, 
I do on this Amazon store stuff. Because I do these Amazon stores automation. I'm like, look, there's there's two ways you could do this, okay? You could go do it as a DIY where you've now got to figure, you've got to go buy the software. It helps you analyze product. Then Expensive. You've got to analyze it yourself, figure out what it means. Then you've got to become the procurement officer to buy the thing. Then you've got to be the copywriter. Then you've got to be the photographer. Then you've got to be the shipping department. And then you've got... I'm like, by the time you get done doing all that, like you're you're not going to make any money. No. This is a volume game, and you're playing you're playing to lose. Yeah, I mean, you're already thinking uh, that person is already thinking in the scarcity mindset, right? Right. They are putting their time, devaluing their time, yep. where they can come to you and have it all set up, plug into like, it. Why wouldn't they want to just plug into it? Like I, I was joking the other day. I'm like, you come into a done for you service, you might not need a full time uh, creative, somebody that creates takes pictures, but you might be, but it would be better to have 5% of an expert just buy the slice, buy it by the pound, just oh, buy yeah. your slice, slice of this, slice of this, slice of this, slice of this. Cause I structure my business on, uh, on performance based meaning cool. like, I don't make you any money. Like we don't get your money. I have a, I have a upfront setup cost because it does bona fide legitimate cost us money to start processing and setting it up. Yeah. But after that we do, we do what you're doing. We flip to a rev share. You awesome. win, we win. That's like, like we suck. You ain't like, you don't end up paying us. It's like, sorry, we screwed up. We didn't get any money either. Yeah. So I don't want like, we only want to scale. Yeah. Take, it, take a big baby. <laughs> yeah. You've got to grow it. Right. I, I think of it as confidence. Yeah. Right. How confident are you yeah, in exactly. your service or product or whatever? Yes. That's the ultimate stake. Yes. I don't make you money. I don't make any money. Yep. It's huge. Yeah. And it makes it, it's like, but what is creating, like, if you think about it, I mean, this is part of your marketing genius in this sense is because you're making an irresistible offer where you're making it easy for somebody to say yes to something, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't say yes to something like that, right? Let me show you how to say yes. Yeah. Here, I'm I'm confident that I can help you. Yeah. You pay me a fee for, for it the ones that I bring in. But other than that, you don't pay me a thing. <laughs> Who does that? I, I mean, I'm probably insane that way, right? Like, I, I probably shouldn't do that. In fact, my CFO would probably, you know, prefer I don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. I, so I was listening. All right. So it's kind of funny. Backstory a little bit on this. I was listening to Alex Hermosi, right? Yeah. And he was talking about creating his irresistible offer. And, and he was talking to his dad one day and he was talking and somehow he's like, dad, he's like, his dad kept trying to call him. He was busy. He was tied up in these meetings with what he calls his um, gym lords. Okay. He's got his gym lords. And finally he's like, I know my dad's going to be concerned. So he calls him back and he's like, Hey dad, he was like, I'm sorry. I'm just here with the gym lords doing this stuff. And, and his dad's like, I didn't know you had an event going on. And he goes, yeah, it's like kind of my top tier. They're out here and, uh, I can't remember what he said to his dad, something to the tune. There's like, yeah, there's like a thousand people here. And his dad was like, huh, I didn't know they were doing that. And I think his dad asked him how much he was, he was charging him. I can't, it was like, it was probably 50 grand plus. It was like 50 grand, a hundred thousand, something like that. And, and his dad's like, dude, you're like, he went into scarcity a little bit. He's like, you're ripping them off. Do they oh. know that you're ripping them off? And he goes, he goes, dad, he goes, I'm not. No. He goes, because with the, every one of my gym lords that come in, the model is set up this way. Like, we'll come in, we'll run your ads, we'll do everything, and we'll take it from A to Z. You implement our program. But here's the deal. We collect, I think what he was saying is, is look, we'll scale it out. But if we're going to spend our own money and do everything, for the first 30 days we launch your business, we get to keep all of the revenue. Because that's how we're going to get reimbursed for 
building your business, hammering, scaling it out. And, and he's like, we got so good at it that we generated ridiculous amounts of money. And we made, so on average, my, my gym lords made like 200,000 a year. And so they, like, they paid me 60,000. He's like, dad, do you have a problem if they make 200 and I make 60 for launching? They're basically launching it. And his dad's like, no, I'd take that. He's like, exactly. That's why they're paying me. Yeah. It's not ripping people off. It's how much do those people value the business? Yeah. How much do they value their own business at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, he's making them 200. Yeah. He's charging them 60. Like, he's still a minority share in that. Dude. Like, There's nothing wrong with that. As soon as he presented it, I would take that deal. You're telling me you'll come oh, in, yeah. do all the ads, and show me how to do the whole thing, but you get the first 30 days of profits, oh, and then I get the business? Yeah, come come save me. <laughs> it's a no-brainer at that point, you know? And that's it. And, yeah. they, and he just did it over and over, and he's probably helped like, it was, it was a big number. Wow, that's got crazy. got a big pile of gym lords. That's fantastic, though. That's so, really cool. I mean, yeah. and it's that type of model that has started to grow that, yeah. right? Why he has 1,300 people. Oh, yeah. Because it's it, no brainer. It worked. Yeah. I, I mean, got, I got, like, I, I'd like to say I got real creative. I got my Amazon lords. Oh, like, nice. <laughs> it's the Amazon lords. It's like, dude, you guys come in, we'll scale it out, make mm -hmm. you create the good life. Cause, dude, I think I think that's funny. I, I, I like a Amazon Lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the play dude, on it too. That's you'd awesome. Be the marketing Lords. <laughs> there we go. Cool. Something like that. Cause play it off of it. Yeah, it was good. But I, I really the biggest thing I liked about what he did is it's just like, dude, his confidence. Like the same thing that you're doing, same thing I'm doing. It's like we don't. You don't win. We don't win. That's fine. But like we don't yeah. we, like. But but last time I checked. You've got staff, and those staff think that they're getting a check, which yep. means that if you don't perform, it's a problem. Therefore, like when you lean in like that, you're actually committed because you know you can deliver a result, right? Absolutely. I mean, you've got to lean into to the strands, right? You've got to lean into the strands. And I've got my my 37-plus people that work with me, work for me, that need that check. If I don't perform, if my buyers don't perform, who's going without that paycheck? <laughs> I'll be the first You'll probably one. probably be the first one that doesn't get paid. Yeah, I'll be the first one to give up that money. Yep. Because they put their trust in me. Yep. And in this model, if I don't perform, that responsibility is on me. Yep. It's not their it's not their fault. Yeah. But we've never missed a payment. Exactly. <laughs> There's no point in going there. Nope. Get some confidence, do 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 the right thing. That's I, right. Kind of my experience, if you do the right thing and make sure people have a good experience with you, it, it somehow comes back and it, you get rewarded on it. Always. Um yeah. I kind of, I, it's funny cause I haven't really been out prospecting, like helping, like actively trying to identify more clients for solar. Yeah. But what yeah. keeps happening is people just keep calling me and calling me, Hey Mike, come fix this. Hey Mike, come fix this. Like I had a client the other day, they just relocated to a new house in Payson. Oh, nice. They, they went from like a 3,500 square foot house up to like a 5,500 square foot house. Electric bill came in at like 600 bucks. Their eyes were popping and they're like, dude, there's something weird messed up they're like come here fix that you fix the last one come fix it again they trusted you you they built did. up that relationship and you stood behind stood behind you do and, and the knowledge did. that you have right yeah it's, it's kind yeah. of crazy it's funny because yeah. then in the end they actually had me put solar on all of his co-workers houses and wow. then his ha same house twice or on his next house <laughs> <laughs> well it's incredible what a solid good reputation will good for it will do for you Right. Yeah. As of right now, yeah, Wells Digital, um, the marketing agency, marketing right? Agency. Wells Digital uh, Media. We've never run any ads. We are now. Yeah. 
because we're pushing, but we've never had to run ads. Because had clients just come find you, yep, track you down. Yeah, you have 157 yeah. clients in the end. Essence just came and found you. Yep. Yeah. That's funny because I Which, met you and I was like, dang, dude, I was yeah. like hoping one day you'd leave the solar company and I could come and connect with you. <laughs> here we are, right? <laughs> there we are, right? <laughs> yep. Here we are. Because like, yeah, as soon as I caught, caught wind of your background, I started figuring out what you're doing. Like my, my experience, is it is hard to identify and find necessarily rock stars. And if you can find them, like those people can, they can move, they can make things happen that otherwise wouldn't happen. Well, and one thing that I've found why it's so hard to find some of those people is the the people that are willing to work the hardest, that are willing to make those sacrifices to be able to help grow or or be able to produce the results are the ones working in the background quietly. They're not going to be up front most of the time, at least. They're not going to be as loud as possible about it most of the time. Yeah, there's some exceptions. There are some exceptions, and some of those exceptions I absolutely adore. So, <laughs> but you know, it's it's yeah. very different. But you wouldn't necessarily know it until after you meet them. Yeah. So I mean, that's like as you're describing that, that's kind of you. There's there's some that are loud and flamboyant, and there's some that are just silently and quietly in the background orchestrating and making everything happen. <laughs> I'm a I'm a what I call a super introvert. Yeah. Right. I would rather be in the background. Yeah. Doing my thing. Yeah. While other people do their thing and help kind of guide them. Yep. I, I don't need to be the loudest person in the room. <laughs> and and so Adweek is going to stretch your envelope because oh, yeah. they're putting you on a platform. They're getting a microphone in front of you. They're getting you FaceTime in front of cameras. They're like, look, bro, you got, yep. you're, you're a rock star. It's time for you to come out of the shadows. Show us, let, let people see what it is that you do. Yeah. I mean, a, a platform that big like tracking you down and approaching you that's not that's 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 legit it's gonna be insane i mean they're they're putting me in front of six million people like that's that couldn't be the furthest or it couldn't be further from an introvert right like (laughs) you best believe i'm going to need some alone time after every single one (laughs) oh yeah definitely yeah it, but it's crazy. I mean, you're friends with Russell Brunson. Like, he's an introvert, big time. Yeah. But but he discovered his calling and the thing that he's good at. And, like, how else is he going to help people if he if he doesn't allow himself to be out there and share his message, right? Yeah. Well, he's an amazing guy, right? Yeah. He's definitely more of an introvert, I would say. Yep. Right? Yep. But he's very engaging. He's very kind. People fall in love with his personality. Yep. Because of that. Because he's very genuine that way. He is genuine. And I think the genuine, genuine patterns or genuine behaviors are the ones that really attract people. Yep. I like him. I don't feel like his money ruined him. No. Actually just, just allowed him to do a lot more good in the world. Yeah. I think so too. So like if somebody wants to, if somebody says, you know what, Greg, you put your money where your mouth is. You're a performance-based company. We really, really could use an, an ad agency, right? Yeah. Because like. You, you basically what you described to me as an irresistible offer. Like, so how would somebody come and track down Greg's agency so that they could find you and then get uh, try to approach you to, to work with you? Go to wellsdigitalmedia.com. Yep, like W E L L S, Wells, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wells Digital Media. Go there, put in your information, put in where you actually found me yeah. or found us, right? Sure. You look uh, data. Where'd you find me? Absolutely. I want to know, right? I want to be able to put that together. Um, And then submit your information and your needs. 
information's needs, that's how they come in the front door and yeah. find a way to meet with you guys and your agency. And schedule a no obligation consultation. So I've got salespeople and everything. When they go into a meeting, all they're doing is finding out what you need. Yep. No pitch, nothing like that at that point at all. We just want to know what you see is most valuable. Yep, because, I mean, as you think about it, at the same time, you're trying to discover, like, where's your business? Is your business at a point where we could actually help you? Because there's no point in taking a client off. You can't help them. Not under your model. Nope, definitely not under my model. Um, and also, do we like you? Yeah. Meaning, are we going to be able to have a productive working relationship? Sure. Right? Absolutely. Communication-wise, we need to be able to make sure that we are. Heck Yeah. Yeah. Dang, dude. Well, man, love having you come on here. Dude, is there any last nuggets you want to throw out? Any last nuggets like your big rags, the richest secrets, the biggest thing that happened in your life that made everything change? Be genuine. Genuine. Be absolutely genuine to to you and your approach. Um, find out what you actually really enjoy yeah. and what works. Yeah. Now, notice I didn't say passionate about You don't have to be passionate about what you do. <laughs> you need to be able to do what you do without going nuts. Yeah. Right. And find out what you're good at and always grow. Always grow. Never stop growing. Never stop learning. Always continue trying to find out new things. Be better. As I could tell when you and I talked in the past, you're, you're basically retired. Your wife wanted you to go do something. So you'd get out of the house actually. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. So She, she didn't like me being home. Apparently you <laughs> <laughs> knew it will be active. Go do some things. Yep. So that's nice, man. That's, that's what's pulling you in some different, different directions. I can tell man. So, all right, brother. It was good having you on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. You bet dude. Yeah.